Hi there, I'm Alan Mann, and this is Stories in Stride, brought to you by American Region Animal Health and makers of Ataquan IN. In this series, we take a glimpse into the remarkable true events of those who have left their mark on our equestrian community. We hear the heartbreaks and triumphs and the untold stories of our equestrian heroes and their amazing animals. The journey starts now. Today, our special guest is Dr. Rick Mitchell, a graduate from Oklahoma State University College of Veterinary Medicine. Dr. Mitchell has helped more horses than one can count during his impressive career. Upon graduation, he served on active duty in the United States Air Force Veterinary Corps, then continued healing horses at his private practice in Connecticut. But Rick is more than an accomplished veterinarian who has worked alongside United States athletes in six Olympics. He is also a national and world champion writer. He has authored multiple national and internationally published articles and textbook chapters on equine health care and has been an esteemed speaker on sport horse medicine on five continents. Rick has served on multiple boards advancing equine health and veterinarians. He was a founding member of the International Society of Equine Locomotive Pathology and is currently chair of the AAEP Foundation for the Horse. Welcome to my dear friend, Dr. Rick Mitchell. Thank you, Alan. Nice to be here. Well, so you've uh, been on this journey for quite some time. So I'm always interested to learn from our guests uh, where, where their journey with horses began. Can you share with us? Well, it began um, with my mom and my family when I was actually very young. I, I honestly don't remember ever learning how to ride, but there's pictures of me as a toddler on top of horses in lead line class and so forth. So I guess it all started then. And um, I probably fell off more times than anyone could count, but I stuck with it. and. Uh, my mom took me into the fox hunting field when I was six years old, and uh, that was great fun. But then my love was really for the horses that jump and uh, that sort of thing. So uh, I gravitated toward the, the hunter-jumper world as a 11-year-old. So it all got started that way. And I had the very good fortune of having a, a great horseman for a mother. She found a pony for me in the field about 10 miles down the road from where our farm was. And she said, this is a really nice pony. I think I'm going to take a shot with this. And that pony launched my riding career and uh, was a pony by the name of Miss Orbit. She was awesome. Rode her for several years and ultimately sold her. And it was a significant contribution to my college education. And as a result of that, there were many other horses after that. And during that time, that uh, we uh, bought, I rode, I showed, and subsequently sold on down the road. And that's why I was able to go to school and go to vet school with actually very little debt, but it was all earned. I didn't grow up wealthy. Yeah, that's wonderful. So in those early years, as you were advancing in your uh, riding skills, did you ever think uh, about becoming a professional trainer? I did. But there was this thing called Vietnam that was going on. And um, 
I, I really did think about riding professionally. I, I actually did ride professionally a bit. While I was not adamantly opposed to the Vietnam War, I, I really didn't want to go there at that point in time. Uh, as it turns out, I ended up in the military anyway, but I just wanted to finish school. And so I decided, well, what do I really want to do? Do I want to go to medical school or do I want to go to vet school? And I thought, you know, I really like horses a lot better than I do working on people. <laughs> that's, that's why I chose the veterinary route. And uh, I'm glad I did because I got so much at-home education and just in the care of the horse and how the horse behaves and how the horse acts when it's comfortable, when it's not, and so forth. And I just thought, why waste this experience, you know? And uh, it's probably the only worldly thing I did as an 18-year-old, but, um, you know, it, it was a decision I made, and that's where I wanted to go. So that was my course, and I chose to go to vet school. And, and subsequently, I decided to uh, help out um, Uncle Sam for a while in the U.S. Air Force Veterinary Corps, and that was all fine, but um, I got to do it a little bit more on my terms, that's all. Were you a practicing veterinarian in the Air Force, or what was your role? I had a multifunction. Um, I was assigned to a very interesting unit that was the 1071st Medical Services Squadron, which uh, took care of the Navy and the Marines. We took care of Marine bases and Naval bases, uh, and we were involved in food inspection, sanitation inspection, animal care, and also caring for the sentry dogs. When I was in the Air Force, the Air Force basically did all of the training of the working dogs for the military. Now that's changed subsequently, but at that point in time, the U.S. Air Force was involved in uh, training those, those sentry dogs. And so I had a duty caring for them. And we also had a two day a week pet clinic at the, at the base. But then I also, because I was attached to the Marine Corps, I had 7,000 troops in training at Paris Island, South Carolina. I had to make sure it got fed properly. So it was a very interesting job. I learned a lot about public health while continuing to be able to keep my hand in uh, working on the animals. We also had a horse stable on the base as well. So, Oh, wow. So did you get a chance to ride while you were working? Yep, time? I did. Cool. I did, yeah. Excellent. I didn't realize you had that, uh, that pathway in the military. Cool. Yeah. So you transitioned from serving our country now, and you end up in Connecticut with Dr. Raven. How did that relationship start? I just happened, totally by luck, to find an ad in the AVMA Journal that a practice in Fairfield, Connecticut was looking for a possible uh, equine associate. Total, I, I could have just totally missed it, but somebody asked me a long time ago, what would you do if you won the lottery? And I said, I won the lottery when I happened to find that ad in the AVMA Journal. And uh, I went to interview with Dr. Raven and he was looking for someone who had spent a lot of time around horses. And he gave me the opportunity to work with him. And he was a phenomenal veterinarian and a great mentor. Hmm. I get wow. teary even thinking about him, you know? Yeah. And uh, so he gave me the opportunity to 
to work for icons in the business. And I went, whoa, you know, this is, this is a place to be. So because of your early years of riding athletic horses, did that give you the desire to want to work on them as a veterinarian? Oh, absolutely. And that was the thing. I felt like that, you know, when somebody told me that a horse was stiff going to the right or wouldn't bend to the left or whatever, I, I felt like I at least had an understanding of what that felt like underneath me, you know, because I can assure you I rode a lot of lame horses as well as nice horses <laughs> when I was a teenager and young adult. That's awesome. So think about this now. Uh, in those early years of veterinary medicine, what do you think has been the most influential uh, aspect to really help the veterinarian in understanding, you know, how to keep these horses healthy? I'm going to tell you that the invention of the PC made a huge difference in um, where we went as veterinarians. The invention of the PC, the release of the PC in 1977, changed so much about how we were able to look at and study horses because that enabled us to have ultrasound machines and computerized x-ray machines and you know computerized scintigraphy and so many highly technical devices that we take for granted today didn't exist when i graduated from veterinary school in 1974 and you know, the invention of those things, it opened up avenues of diagnostic ability for us. Technology in that regard has helped us. But then the other part was, the, I think, is the interest in biology. And, you know, when I got out of vet school, there were some hints about why non-steroidal anti-inflammatories worked. But nobody really had all the answers. And then as time went on, it was, you know, with the uh, study of, of how those worked and understanding what enzymes were inhibited by the activity of non-steroidals and what gene activity was involved in the inflammatory response and so forth. All of that has just opened up all kinds of possibilities to us in understanding better the physiology of inflammation and the response to trauma. And that has enabled us to better control and address those problems. So I think the biological uh, research in terms of how medications work and why do they work? And then secondly, like I say, technology and the computer for sure. Awesome. And so you're going along in your career and all of a sudden you have opportunities to work with the high performance teams for the U.S., with the United States uh, equestrian team. So how did that evolve? How did you get started in that? I was fortunate enough to have a couple of clients that were very, very good riders. And those folks gave me the opportunity to really work on some really, really, really high caliber horses very early in my career. And those horses, really opened the door for me as far as being able to work on a really high level. And I got to work with the likes of those people. And it was just phenomenally educational uh, as well as inspirational, for sure. That's tremendous. So you've been to six Olympics, both with uh, the jumpers and dressage. Uh, can you give us uh, a highlight of any particular games? Well, 
I, I have to think the Barcelona games was really cool because I got to see the dream team play basketball. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> the Atlanta games was pretty cool because we won a silver medal, a team silver medal. We had some really great people there. But uh, I think my most fun Olympics with the dressage team. We didn't win a medal, but uh, we had a good showing. And uh, Stefan Peters was stellar. He was great. The other riders were very, very good too. Adrian Lau was there. Uh, Jan Eberling uh, and Tina Kanyat, that was our team. Uh, and, and they were all great. Uh, and we just didn't quite make it, but going to England and being there and, and, and uh, it was also historical. It, it, it was really great. And the English people did a phenomenal job with that games. Well, thank you for everything you've done it's out of the desire of the heart than it is out of the pocketbook to make that sacrifice to do that work. And uh, it's greatly appreciated. But, you know, you, the horse has taken you all, all over the world and you've shared so much information with so many people in this profession. Uh, what has been your greatest accomplishment? Wow, that's difficult to say, but I would have to say that just... Um trying to teach young veterinarians to take the time to really look at the whole horse, not just to focus on what is the reported problem, but to step back and really look at the whole horse and take that all in because it, that horse can tell you so much by observing it, by palpating it all over, by listening to the client, listening to the rider, and really watching the horse. And I really feel as though I've spent several years stressing the importance of watching horses do their work, not just watch them trot up and down and do some flexions on them, but also watch them do their work and see and realize what it is that the rider, the trainer is concerned about. And I think if I can teach that to veterinarians uh, elsewhere that um, that's so important, we'll all do a better job and we'll all be able to communicate better. You know, and I've had the opportunity here as a slightly older veterinarian to publish some stuff that's just coming out and so forth, but I've had the chance to write some book chapters and so forth, which has been great. And, uh, you know, I, I hope to still do some more uh, before I'm done. That's tremendous. So, Along your journey, what's been the best advice you've ever received? Golly, do the best you can with what you've got. Don't take no for an answer and continue to try to learn. We must continue to try to educate ourselves thoroughly. Science is advancing, technology is advancing, and it's really important to continue to try to keep up uh, in whatever capacity you can. But as you say, it's a great journey. And uh, there's always something new and interesting to uh, embrace. Not in a careless fashion. Uh, you don't just switch doing things simply because it's the newest and greatest. But you learn and you try to do that which produces results. I really want to thank you for sharing this most amazing journey with us. And Give my regards to Julie, and again, thank you so much for all you've done for the health and well-being of these amazing animals. Thank you, Alan. It was a real pleasure talking to you, as always. 
I can't believe it, but this was our final episode of Stories in Stride. As always, thanks for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure and a journey I will never forget.